It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am Carson Cunningham. You can follow me on Twitter at KOCO Carson. Thank you for listening. If you are listening, you're listening on the Megaphone app or website, whatever you want to call it. If you subscribe to this podcast on Audioboom, be sure to subscribe now to Megaphone. That's where we post all of our Locked on Thunder podcasts. And also, if you do subscribe, please rate, review on iTunes as well. That really helps the podcast out. And uh, wow, what what an absolute thriller the Thunder had against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll talk about that game, just what went well, what did not go well. We'll go over all those things, and I'll answer some Twitter questions at the end of the show. But first, please subscribe and rate. That only helps the pod. So let's get right into it. Thunder lose an absolute heartbreaker to the Minnesota Timberwolves, a game in which they trailed for most of the game, but they do lose 115-113. It looked as if Carmelo Anthony had hit a game-winning shot. We'll talk about that. But Andrew Wiggins did not call glass, but it hit off the hit off the backboard and went in, and Thunder lose in heartbreaking fashion. Really a great fourth quarter. I don't know if I call it a great game because the Wolves pretty much dominated throughout until Russell Westbrook just turned into MVP Russ and they made a furious comeback. But a uh, great fourth quarter, great ending. Not so great if you're a Thunder fan, but a thriller. Let's let's talk more about the game itself. And uh, my first point is Paul George really struggling on, on the offensive end. He's only shooting 37% from the field. That's terrible. Shooting 33% from three-point land. He was one of eight against Minnesota and that's something that you know Paul George is a is a small forward probably fashions himself a lot like a Kevin Durant type on offense thinks he's a jump shooter and a three-point shooter has not gone well he's he's not that type of an elite scorer but I do think he's going to start hitting some shots I mean let's be honest the guy's an all-star he's not going to go one of eight uh, for the rest of the season but that's probably been the biggest storyline I think so far is the Thunder as a team really aren't playing that poorly they're just not hitting open jump shots it'd be one thing if 
they were taking all contested shots and just having no flow at all on offense. I think they've had some good flow. I think they're getting open jump shots. Just their their superstars are not hitting open ones. Carmelo Anthony included. Uh, Paul George and and Carmelo have not shot the ball well to start the season. And I think that'll even out over the course of the year. I'm not um, I'm not panicking just yet over the Thunder's offense or anything of that nature. But that's that's the biggest reason they're one and two, right? They're two of their big three are not shooting the ball well. Russell Westbrook. Hadn't shot it that well either thus far, but uh, I'm not panicking just yet. But Carmelo Anthony, um, he's a he's a ball stopper. I mean, <laughs> that's what he is. That's what he he's done his whole career, and he, he does that at times for the Oklahoma City Thunder. You saw it against Minnesota. He has a tendency when he gets the ball, that thing's going up. And he had a really slow start again offensively, kind of heated up down the stretch, and really. Even though he wasn't having his best offensive game shooting-wise, what happens? He gets the ball in the clutch, the last shot of the game for the Thunder, and he buries it. And I've said it for years. You know, Other than Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony's hit the most big shots in Chesapeake Energy Arena. He has that, that clutch gene, if you want to call it that. And he, you saw it there, nothing but net. Uh, Billy John, Donovan drew up a great play. And that's something we have been looking forward to all season long, right? A close game, last seconds, who's going to shoot the ball? And it wasn't Russell. The Billy Diamond ran a great play. Russell drove and kicked to a wide-open Carmelo Anthony, and he buried it. That was encouraging to me is that Russell was, uh, you know, really carried the Thunder back into the lead, but he was able to willing to give up the ball. And, and how about Carmelo hitting the shot? But, of course, as we all saw, Andrew Wiggins answered off the glass and, and beat the Thunder. But probably the biggest positive of the whole game for me is we finally saw MVP Russell you know, he's kind of been deferring all season long, overly so, in my opinion. Hasn't hasn't quite taken the reins as he did last year. Uh, I think part of that, he wants to get Carmelo and Paul George a little more acclimated to the team, a little more acclimated to the offense. And he's kind of been overpassing for me. But, but last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, he took 11 of the team's 14 go-ahead field goal attempts in the final 10 seconds this was last season. Westbrook in last season, Westbrook took eleven of the team's fourteen go-ahead field goal attempts in the final ten seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime. The three games into the season, Westbrook's teammates have already made as many go-ahead shots in the final ten seconds, one, as they did all of last season. So they already you already see that Russell has a lot more help there in the clutch time. But man, did Russell go on a tear or what? He hit three threes. Scored 13 points on 5 of 6 shooting in the final 5 minutes. Scored 15 of his 31 in the fourth quarter. I mean, this was, it seemed like as if Russell said, all right, fine, give me the ball, get out of the way, I'm going to go win this game, much like I did last year. It was very similar to the MVP level Russ, the clutch level Russ. You know, his clutch numbers were off the charts last year. So really just a sensational performance down the stretch from Russell. And really just said, there were times last year where Russell was like, we are not losing this game. Sorry. Just, I'm not letting that happen. And that's basically the mode he went into in this game. Uh, he had that brilliant two-for-one three where, you know, he, Russell always goes for that two-for-one scenario. He got it and just really lifted the thunder down the stretch when they had to. Uh, so I thought he was great. And, again, I'm not panicking about the thunder. They're one and two this season. So are the Golden State Warriors, which I think you, you're probably a little less concerned about them than you are the thunder at this point. But, uh, I'm not panicking, and it was a great game. And really, I thought Minnesota looked great. You know, I I was of the opinion people were a little too high on them coming into this year. I know they pulled off the trade for, for uh, Jimmy Butler. But people at first were like, oh, two or three in the West. I thought that was way too high. But 
they got a lot of dudes. They have a lot of stars, and they played really well. Carl, Carl Anthony Towns is close on the verge for me of becoming a top 10 player in the league. He is that good. He was awesome against the Thunder. And really, all season long, Minnesota and Oklahoma City, they're going to be staring at each other in the standings, obviously within the uh, division. But uh, they're going to be battling for playoff positioning, so that's a huge early win for Minnesota to get one up on the Thunder and that head-to-head win. But I was really impressed with Minnesota. And by far and away, for me, the story of the game, or the story of really an ongoing issue for the Thunder this season is going to be Andre Robertson. It's no secret. You know, Thunder Twitter was just enraged by the fact that Andre airballed two free throws. Billy Donovan had to take him out of the game at the beginning of the third quarter. Didn't put him back in until extremely late in the game. He has become an absolute head case with his free throw shooting, his offense. He's right back where he ended the season last year with his free throws against the Houston Rockets when the Houston bench was laughing at him. And it's astonishing to me that an NBA-level basketball player, a guy who's played basketball his entire life, a guy whose dad played professionally in Andre Robertson, how he literally cannot shoot a free throw. Now, I know part of this is mental now, where you can't, when you're, when you're airballing two in a row, it's obviously a mental issue, not a physical. But he's been a bad free throw shooter his whole career. How is that possible when you've played basketball your whole life? I could go out and practice right now and, and hit way better percentage than, Russ, than uh, Andre Robertson. And it's to the point now where it's embarrassing. So why would he not go to the underhand? The Rick Barry, a.k.a. the granny shot free throws. My colleague Brian Keating pointed this out on Twitter. Like, it's time to go to the granny shot for Andre Robertson because what he's doing is not working. Now, I know it's probably embarrassing to throw it underhand, but what's more embarrassing, doing it underhand and hitting the rim or doing it regular and airballing it? I mean, I... I just I don't understand it. And, you know, Rick Barry's one of the best free throw shooters of all time. He shot him underhand. So whatever they're doing, it's not working. He's getting worse, and his minutes are down, and he can't. He literally can't be put on the floor. So if you're Billy Donovan, it's a huge dilemma. One of the most elite defenders in the entire league, he had to take out of the game and put in Alex Abrinas, who I like. But Minnesota, what did they do? They went right after Alex Abrinas and exploited his defense. And when Andre was on the floor alongside Paul George, they're a legit, unbelievable defensive duo. They're, they're really hard to contain. They're really hard to score on. And so this is a huge – they just paid Andre Robertson $10 million. Just gave him a big contract. And he's getting worse. His, his three-point percentage has gone down every single season. He shot 24% from three last year. Shot 42% from free throw last year. He's 0 for this year on free throws. So I don't know what the answer is. Now, I do think they are misusing him on offense. When Andre's been effective offensively, they've run him along the baseline. He's been kind of a big, essentially, playing down low. He was very effective against the Warriors and the Spurs last and two years ago in the playoffs. And they need to use him more like that if he's going to be on the floor. But right now, it doesn't seem like they can keep him on the floor. And it's a massive, massive issue. And I just, I don't understand what the Thunder are doing with him in practice. Again, I know it's mental, but you got to have a mental coach. You got to have all hands on deck. This is a guy you're paying $10 million and they literally can't put him on the floor. He's getting how many minutes? He's only playing 19 minutes a game right now. Think about that. He played 30 last year. 
just 19 minutes, 33% from the field. Just It's been a horrible season so far for Andre Robertson. He's become a big liability, and that's a huge question moving forward. We'll answer some Twitter questions. That's seemingly all anybody wanted to, to ask about <laughs> was Andre Robertson. But uh, I thought Steven Adams was immense. He continues his fine play. Just He is such a load at both ends. He, he is virtually becoming a top-five center already in the league right now. And I thought he was amazing. His screen game with Russell has, been, has really stood out to me as well. But uh, Steven Adams, like really there was so much that went right in this game other than Andre Robertson and other than the fact Andrew Wiggins hit the shot. Like there, a, lot, a lot of positives to draw from this game. Carmelo ended up scoring pretty well, hit the game-winning shot. Paul George's offense still struggles, but he's still an elite defender. I thought his defense really got the thunder going out on the break when they, when they started to mount their comeback. And I thought Steven Adams was sensational as well. But um, all in all, Thunder lose. They're now 1-2 and two on the season. They'll play the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday. And, and stay tuned to Locked On. We have a joint podcast. I went on with Andrew Friedman from the Locked On Pacers podcast. We'll break down that game, and I'll, I'll tweet out a link to that when it is posted. So looking forward to that game. Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis coming back to town. The, you know, the, it's been the Thunder reunion tour so far this year. Yet Ennis Cantor in the opening game of the season getting his warm reception. And now you're going to have Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis coming back. Probably not as emotional for Thunder fans having Domas and, and Victor come back, but they were loyal Thunders for, what, a year or two years. So it's going to be interesting to see those guys back in uniform. And they're both playing pretty well. Victor Oladipo especially playing well for Indiana, which I kind of expected. He gets to handle the ball more instead of Russell Westbrook handling it for the most part. But um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the Indiana Pacers come down. Uh, let's get to some Twitter questions, shall we? Bobby Pema asks, what is Andre's trade value? Uh, virtually none right now. He is a broken player on offense. He makes $10 million a year. And they literally cannot trade him until mid-January. So even if they wanted to trade him, they couldn't. I know there's the... the uh, Eric Bledsoe trade scenarios getting thrown around from Phoenix. But um, my boy Corey DeMoss says, for clarity, Andre can't be traded until January 15th, just three weeks before the trade deadline, because his new money is greater than 120% of last year's salary. So that's the minutia of why they can't trade Andre Robertson right now. But um, thoughts on, and this is from Jags Fanatic, thoughts on Carmelo as a defender? Uh, not great, which he's never been an elite defender. Uh, hasn't been, hasn't been a liability. I wouldn't say, uh, I'm, I'm more disappointed in his rebounding. His rebounding has not been very good. We all kind of thought he'd be a, a pretty solid rebounder at the four spot, but that has not been the case so far. So I, I think he's been fine. I mean, their defense hasn't been the problem for me. It's been their offense. And once Carmelo and Paul George get clicking and hitting some open shots, I think they'll, they'll really take off. Cause there were moments in that Minnesota game when Russell was running the break the Thunder looked devastating I think they needed to push the tempo a little more too I know that's not really Carmelo's game but I think that's how you can get him even more open is in transition when defenders will, will lose sight of him uh, Zach Wilkerson at what point are we going to stop defending Dre he's such a non-factor on offense and seems to get worse each year instead of better that's fair criticism I mean he has not gotten any better he has gotten worse at virtually every offensive uh, tactic or attribute you can have. The free throws have just completely fallen off a cliff. His three-point shooting has gotten worse 
Um, I was watching him pregame uh, last home game, and his shot actually looks a little better in pregame. It's hard to tell the spin as well on TV, but he didn't have as much side rotation to it, a little bit better of a spin to it, but as you've seen, the results have been horrific. So uh, it's it's crazy to me that Andre's only playing 19 minutes, but I think he's kind of forced Billy Donovan's hand. You know, Billy kind of got into it with Barry Trammell after the game because Barry asked him, like, at what point, like, what are you going to do with Andre Robertson? You literally can't put him on the floor. And Billy didn't answer it, so Barry went back again. It's like, yeah, but you literally didn't play him. So it's going to be uh, – that's going to be an ongoing storyline every single game is what what is going on with Andre Robertson. Because I, I love Alex Abrinas, but as you saw against the Timberwolves, he can be exploited defensively. And um, that's one thing Andre can do is defend. So that's a big issue for sure. Um, let's see here. I had a great, I had a great Twitter question. Um, serious question: If you, who would you rather stand in the corner on offense, Kyle Singler or Andre Robertson? <laughs> uh, I would rather see Kyle Singler in a suit and Andre Robertson out there, because at least Andre, if he, if he throws it up and it's a brick, um, that's that question's from Stephen Thomas, by the way. If Andre throws it up and it's just an absolute brick, he'll at least follow it and like go get the rebound. Kyle Singler's not getting any rebounds. So that that's my answer for that. Uh, Josh Hustis did get in the game, which is encouraging. You know, he hadn't played much at all in his career and did play, didn't score a point, but had a couple blocks and some rebounds. So that was that's an interesting that's an interesting, you know, fallback option for Billy Donovan. I think Josh Hustis's defense is way better than Alex Abrinas's. So if he's matched up with a three or a four. I think I think you have to start looking at playing Josh Eustis because he can hit an open three. He's proven that. Uh, I think I think that might be the remedy for me for Andre Robertson's woes is play Josh Eustis, see what he can do. So the, Billy has some options, but um, man, it, you can't you can't even envision a worse start for Andre Robertson than, what, than what's taking place. And one final question here from Jonathan Weddle: Will this team continue shooting long twos? Does Billy care? That was interesting to me. They, they were taking a lot of long twos and have so far this season, which is not what the NBA has moving towards. Obviously, it's three points and layups. But they've been pretty content to shoot the long twos. That's a that's something that they're going to have to adjust to. And I, I think Billy does care. I think he at times he's reined them in from the three-point shooting when they've shot too many threes. You saw that in the first game of the year against the Knicks. They, they were shooting threes at a rate in which they were going to shoot like 70 for the game. <laughs> and they finally quit doing it. So I think Billy does talk to them about long twos and, We'll try to limit that. Uh, Alex Abrinas at one point stepped on the line for a wide open three. That's inexcusable. If you're a three point shooter, you have to get behind the line. But that is a good point by Jonathan Weddle. I don't. I think they have taken way too many long twos. But uh, we'll see what they do against Indiana. I think it's going to be a fascinating game as far as Victor Oladipo returning home. You know he's going to want to play. Just one of the biggest games of his career, really, for a team that traded him. All he's heard all off season is that the Thunder pulled off a heist that they stole Paul George away from Indiana. So I'm I'm fascinated to look forward to that with with uh, Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis returning back to Oklahoma City, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you again. Uh, I'll be on the podcast with Adam Friedman for Locked On Pacers. We'll we'll delve more into that game. And I want to thank everyone that sent in some Twitter questions for me. So until then, this is Carson Cunningham for the Locked On Thunder Podcast.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.